0: Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First-Year Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day. So like we've shared um, last week and the week before last, we're in a sermon series on the uh, Gospel of Luke, where we're looking at lessons from the Gospel of Luke. And so um, for the month of July, we're looking at um, various scripture readings uh, from the Gospel of Luke and learning different lessons for them. And so I want to invite you to look at your Connect, Serve, and Grow guide to follow along with our weekly reading, our daily readings, so that way you can keep up. Um, You're not really that far behind. Um, I mean... By next Thursday, we ha- we will have had through Luke chapter 17 read, so you've got some time to make up to between now and, you know, uh, getting through there and staying along with us. But we want to invite you into that Connect, Serve, and Grow guide, not only as a tool of being able to know what's going on in the life of the church but maybe sitting down with a couple of friends and reading those scriptures together and and studying them together because when we know that when we dive in to the word of God our lives can be touched and changed and so I want to invite you uh, to those scripture readings um, so that way you can help grow in your life and faith and so with that let's begin with a word of prayer Holy and gracious God, we come before you in this time and this space to be open. Open to those neighbors who, as we journey through life, who need help. Open to those who are searching and longing to grow closer to you. Open to those that we can be witness to your love and mercy in this world. So, Lord, help us. Help us listen to your scripture reading, and may it penetrate our hearts and shape and change our lives that we're willing to live out our faith for you. So Lord, be with us in this time in this space, and all of us gathered here said, Amen. Our scripture lesson for the day comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. You can follow along with me in your Connect, Serve, and Grow guide, or you can open up your scriptures as well. So let's listen to this word. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law, and how do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your strength, and with, your mind, with all your mind, and, with, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to the legal expert, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right. So he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now, it just so happened that a priest was going along down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road, and he went along his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot and saw the injured man and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. "'A Samaritan, who was on a journey, came to where the man was. "'But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. "'The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, "'tending to them with oil and wine. "'Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey "'and took him to an inn and took care of him. "'The next day he took two full days' worth of wages "'and gave them to the innkeeper.' He said, take care of him, and when I return, I will pay you back for additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered the thieves? Then the legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. This is one of those Bible stories that everybody has heard at some point in time in their lives. You know what's amazing about kind of stories? When we think we know them and we sit down and actually dig into them, we always notice something different and something new. And so this week when I was reading through the scriptures day in and day out, just something new kept popping up and, and something that I had never seen before. But, you know, sometimes when we think about this story, we assume the, Samar- the man that the Samaritan helped was someone who was unworthy. We know nothing of the man. Jesus doesn't give a backstory of the man. He doesn't say, well, let me tell you about this man and then I'll tell you this other story. We know nothing of the man. We just know that he was a man on a journey who happened to be robbed and, and taken you know, out and, and that the Samaritan was there to help. But what I find interesting in this story is how Jesus interacts with the legal expert legal expert. And, and understand, this is a guy that would know Torah like the back of his hand. He could quote it. All of the Old Testament that he knew, he would know it. It would be in his bones. He would have it memorized. So he knew what he was talking about. And you know, like in school, when you had that student, or maybe you were this, I was never this student, so I don't know this experience, but I saw it in class. But you had that student that knew what the teacher was talking about, and they were trying to catch the teacher, maybe not knowing. And they were trying to prove that they were smarter than the teacher. And so this smart student stood up to test Jesus. He said, what must I do to gain eternal life? And you know, Jesus could have... come back with him with a, with a three-point sermon and, 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 and all these other answers and, and all these things. But, but Jesus is, uses this as a teaching moment. And, and I have to be honest, this is one of those questions that most religious leaders get. What can we do to gain eternal life? What can we do to live forever? But Jesus' response is beautiful. He flips the question. He, he challenges the legal expert because Jesus knows that this guy knows his stuff. There's no reason to get in a fight with him. And so Jesus takes the, takes the, flips the conversation and says, What is written in the law? And how do you interpret it? And that's where Jesus gives us our first lesson of this week's reading. You know, in the lesson of love is having active listening. And this is something that in the marriage course, when we do the marriage course, that's one lesson where we spend on active listening. Active listening is a technique that is used um, for really training and solving disputes or conflicts. It requires the listener to fully concentrate and understand and respond and then remember what was being said. And so Jesus diffuses this situation, a situation that could have easily been a trap where Jesus could have responded in such a way that the legal expert said, nope, you're not right, because I know Torah and here's what it says. Because, you know, do you ever have that experience in this classroom where the, where the student that thought they knew everything pushed back on the teacher because the teacher engaged them, took the bait? Jesus then flips the question and 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 something that could have been something that could have gone completely out of hand and and having a conversation being pigeonholed and and only hearing parts of the conversation because let's be honest how often do we actively listen to something and pay attention to fully what's going on but jesus knew he knew because he responded there in verse 27 he responded to jesus the the legal expert turned and said You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus looks at him and says, good answer. Good job. You know your Torah. And that teaches us our second lesson of the day. is to pay attention to what love looks like. Because then if you notice, he says, if you, if you dive in a little bit deeper, he says, you have answered correctly, do this, and you will live. And so we have to do love. It's one thing to know the definition of love. Because everybody knows the definition of love, right? But if we just know it, if we know it up here, and we're not living it out, Do we really know it? Are we really living lives that are showing what love looks like? Jesus' challenge to us, the second lesson is, do this and you will live. Showing love is important when we actively do our faith. We're living out that love that God shares with us. And that's one of the reasons why I love being a United Methodist. It's about doing yes knowing the scriptures are important and key to what we do they're part of our why but if all we did was just talk about love if all we did is just sit there and dream and theorize and and try to understand what god looks like in a vacuum we get nowhere Love calls us out. Love calls us to be actively aware of what's going on around us. And, and when we actively love somebody or someone, we, we we seek with all that we are and all that we can to let that person know, don't we? If we remember Jesus' is why that we talked about in the first week in Luke 4 that Jesus was sent to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim the release to the prisoners and recovery of sight of the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim that the year is Lord's favor. Jesus gives us his why and proves it here in our reading today. But he goes one step further. He doesn't just say, all right, here's what it is, here's the definition, you know, good luck, go on. I really think there's more to this story than what we read. And, and I think Jesus, in the conversation with the legal expert, he says, hey, I want to tell you a story. Let me give you an example of how loving your neighbor looks like. Because as the legal expert asked, who is my neighbor? Still trying to get Jesus tripped up. I think Jesus knew this, and so that's where he tells this parable. And in this parable, we see this story is that a man walking went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he encountered thieves, which understand that that road between Jerusalem and Jericho, that was kind of a common thing. It was like being in the wrong part of town in the evening. You knew what was going to happen. And so it happened? They took everything. Not only did they take everything, they stripped him naked as we see in the story today. They beat him up. Almost, they left him there to die. As the man laid there dying, a priest walked up. He's going on that same road. He was probably going to church. We don't, know, we don't know where the priest is going. If you notice this, we try to read into the scripture reading. We assume we know where the priest was going. Who knows? He may have been going and serving at the local food pantry. He may have been going and taking care of the poor. We don't know, do we? But we notice that he was walking down that road, and he just went on the other side of the road. We can assume that it was because he wanted to stay clean and maybe keep religious laws and, and move like he was going to worship. We can assume that he was maybe in his head and didn't see it and just said, well, I need to walk on the other side of the road. We can assume that maybe he thought he was a Samaritan. He, he being a good Jew, didn't need to mess with that person. We can assume that he wasn't led to help the person because maybe his spider senses were tingling and maybe danger was in his bones but we don't know so then walks the second person the Levite. came to the same place walked by the man saw the injured man walked on the other side of the road we don't know the Levite's story we don't know why he went on the other side of the road how often do we go on the other side of the road Last night I was driving home from the, from the powwow in, in, um, in Stroud, Oklahoma, and was driving home, and I can tell you there are a number of times that I passed cars on the side of the road with their lights flashing, five times. Five times I passed with people that had car issues in some way, shape, or form, and I didn't stop. I think about that stuff, and here's why. Several years ago, actually, wow, it's been almost 20 years ago, my youth group and I, we were going down, I was a youth and I was a senior in youth and, and our youth director got this bright idea to go to Oklahoma City and we were going to spend the day at the Omniplex and we were going to go to the zoo and then we were going go to go tour Oklahoma City University because it's the Methodist institution. Our youth director and her husband were both alumni and, and they wanted to show us their university and we were going to have this great trip. Like we had this day planned, we left really early in the morning, it was going to be this fantastic spring break trip. And then we got in between Wellston and Oklahoma City, and the van started smoking. You know how fun it is to be in a van when it starts smoking? And not just like lightly smoking, like smoking. So the sixth grade girls and the one sixth grade boy and myself, we did whatever youth did and had a small panic attack. But Lisa and John didn't. They pulled over to the side of the road, and just then you saw everything out of the transmission fall out, smoke everywhere, like like smoke. They got us out and off, far off to the side of the road, over by this barbed wire fence. And I'll never forget the prayer that the little sixth grade boy prayed. Lord, send us someone to get us to Oklahoma City so we can still have our fun day that was his prayer a great little prayer and then all of a sudden probably not even five minutes after we prayed this prayer a baptist minister from stroud oklahoma whose truck had been totaled in a car accident was driving his church van to oklahoma city to make a hospital visit and pulled along the side of the road asked us where we were going We were saying, let's go to the zoo and let's go to Omniplex because, well, that's what we wanted to do. But our youth director said, no, we need to go to Oklahoma City University. The church is going to send us another van. We'll be all right. Would you be okay with this? And he said, yeah, I'd be glad to. Sometimes when we get that sense to stop, maybe we should stop. Because we never know how many lives may be touched or changed. There were two of us in that van at that time that would end up at Oklahoma City University i didn't know i was going there but when i got there and i felt the love of oklahoma city university man i wanted to stay here it felt like home and so we never know how those little acts of kindness may change someone's life and so we need to be aware of those moments be open to those moments of sharing love to our neighbor and that's the reason why i love this parable is because it calls us out to be aware of those moments, of those people along the sides of the road, because they're there. They're there waiting for us to help. They're there waiting for us to be acknowledged. And, and, and let me tell you, as someone who has been on the side of the road more times than I can count for all sorts of car mechanical problems, even though I knew those people couldn't help me, just the simple act of asking made you feel a little bit better, made you feel like it was going to be all right. We need to be aware of those moments. But when we hear this story and we we see what happened with the Samaritan, the Samaritan showed what mercy looked like. He showed what mercy looked like because he came near to the person. He showed what mercy looked like because he was moved with compassion. He showed what mercy can look like because he went to him. He showed what mercy can look like because he bandaged the wounds of the person. He showed what mercy can look like because he poured oil and wine over the wounds. And and that's not just so he would feel better. That's so they would heal. He showed mercy by putting him on his animal. He showed mercy because he brought him to an inn to be taken care of. He showed mercy by having him taken care of in the inn. And he showed mercy by setting the man up to have a community around him that would help him heal and get back up on his feet. They did, he didn't enable him. He didn't say, oh, here's a blank check, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks to, to clear it up. He didn't say, you know, help him along. He, he helped provide him a community that would get him back up on his feet, and so he would have people that would be around him and take care of him. And in this lesson from the Samaritan... We can learn that loving our neighbor is being aware, and being responsive to those around us. And I watch you all do it every week, and you do an amazing job. But it doesn't just stop with the one, because we're always going somewhere. We're always we need to always be open to those opportunities of those people along the side of the road. Shane Claiborne shared in this story, he wrote this little story about Mother Teresa. He said, people often ask me about what Mother Teresa was like, and sometimes it's like they wonder if she glowed in the dark and had a halo. Claiborne reflects she was short, wrinkled, and precious, maybe even a little ornery, like a beautiful, wise old granny. But there was one thing I will never forget. Her feet. Her feet were deformed. Each morning in mass, I would stare at them, and I wondered if she had contracted leprosy. But I wasn't going to ask, of course. Hey, mother, what's wrong with your feet? And then one day, a sister said to us, Have you ever noticed her feet? We nodded curiously. She said, Her feet were deformed because we get just enough donated shoes for everyone. And mother doesn't want anyone to get stuck with the worst pair. So she digs through and finds them. And years of doing that have deformed her feet. Years of loving her neighbor as herself deformed her feet. Claiborne later reflects that this is the kind of fasting that creates the divine longing for justice where our feet become deformed by a love that places our neighbor above ourselves. And so, church, this week, go and do likewise. Thank you for listening to Talacol First Year Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and you can find out more information about us by going online at Talaqualumc.org.